you can change the world by being the best version of yourself. You know, when you're the best version of yourself, you're greater to the people around you, whether it's on a personal front, family, business, whatever it is. So that's the best way to incorporate it, right? Like if you can't change the world on a necessarily on a macro level, if we all do our part individually to be the best versions of ourselves, we're going to be able to. But I think it takes a certain kind of crazy human to tattoo something on their wrist. <laughs> That says change the world and like when the business is like nothing, right? And But I just knew like I was just going to keep on going and going and going until I was able to do that. And now I'm in that same place. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to It's the Bearded Man podcast with your favorite, the world's favorite bearded man, Bob Bay, today on the podcast. This guest needs no introduction. Previously the guest for episode 99 of Purpose in Youth podcast for all the OG Bearded Man followers out there. He's the founder of Liquid IV, a 360 wellness brand, which is sold in 35,000 plus stores across the US, sold over a half a billion servings, and donated over 10 million to those in need, 4 million of which went to COVID frontline responders. In September, he sold Liquid IV to Unilever, a multinational consumer goods company that owns Ben & Jerry's, big fan of that company, uh, Dove Soap and Popsicle, just to name a few. Today on the podcast, one of the greatest men to come out of Manhattan Beach, California, Brandon Cohen. Let's go. Excited to be here, dude. How we feeling? Feeling good. Love that intro. Getting me hyped up. Dude, had to, had to think about it for a second. There's a lot to talk about when introducing Brandon Cohen. I said, I got to get real tight. Got to make sure this, these are heaters to get them warmed up for the podcast. I was sharp. Dude, um... So you think back to August of 2018 was the first time we ever did a podcast. Wow. Then we did the group episode with uh, Borelli and Blake. That would have been October of 2018. And then we did the What They Don't See at Live HQ, which would have been August of 2019. And now for the fourth piece, we're in 2021 and a lot, even just from that, the What They Don't See episode to where we are right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot has changed. You're here on a Monday, flip flop shorts. You look, you look very at ease, my man. We're uh, it's a new chapter. It's definitely a new chapter. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been it's literally been a rocket ship. I mean, that's crazy. Just to think back when we had the first podcast in August. You said of 2018. It would have been August of 2018. So yeah, I mean, we were. You know, I had been working on it for five years, Liquid IV for five years at that point. But like, I think we had just done like our first million in sales after wow. five years, and then. To think, you know, you know, in 2020, like hundreds of millions of dollars of sales is just like the growth trajectory has been insane. And just to think about like there to now, it's a, it's a wild journey. I definitely wasn't wearing flip-flops on a Monday back then. <laughs> no, no. Dude, I remember, uh, for, I feel like the group episode podcast when you came through, I remember it was like a Sunday. You had to sit out in your car for like an extra 30 minutes because you guys were going through some hiring process with somebody that had came on board. And I was like, man, this guy is just always on, just hustling, taking calls and, uh, yeah, it's, it's just it's gnarly to see so much of that growth and just even just that three years. Yeah. And at that time too, I think I think when we first had met, that's right when Liquid IV had just gotten into Costco, and I think mm -hmm. Sleep was just rolling out. Yeah. Now you fast forward. There's uh, you know energy. You have the immune support. Uh, just an absolute wildfire of different products and stuff. It's crazy. I mean, I, I didn't really know how relentless I was. Mm. Until now that I've had a little bit of time to sort of like just breathe and slow things down a little bit and kind of reflect and mm. get grounded and sort of just reflect on like what the last eight and nine years of my life has been like. And like, 
I literally in between every meeting, podcast, whatever, I was on calls. I was taking this. I was up at five. I was on calls till 10, 11 at night. And it's just like, I just thought it was normal. I, I just didn't know any different. And so now having some time to take a few deep breaths and to sort of like just analyze what that was like, it's cool because I know I have that in me when mm -hmm. I need it. And it's also, I'm, I'm really excited to, uh, to sort of explore this, this next chapter. You can flip that switch when you need it, but now it's probably, you're probably in a space where it's like, let's slow things down. Let's, let's like live our life a little bit. Let's, let's smell the roses a little <laughs> bit more. You know that line. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's actually enjoy ourselves. Um, but right before we got into this, you said you had spent, you recently spent a month in Hawaii. What was one of the biggest realizations you had? Cause I feel like getting away from LA, obviously the middle of all this pandemic, a lot will obviously get into what the last six months has been like, but was there like a specific realization while you were there? Yeah. I mean, I think for me, there so much had gone on so quickly, Yeah, really. I mean, from the end of 2019, well, let's just say the beginning of 2020, which obviously was a crazy year for everybody. But in the middle of that, for me, in the middle of all the COVID craziness, you know, we had just started talking to potential acquirers mm. and I couldn't talk about that publicly or to our team. There was a lot of, there was a lot going on behind the scenes because we just thought, you know, it was really the right time where we could help continue to grow the brand globally. We could reward a lot of our early investors and our employees who had options. And so, you know, in the middle of what was already the craziest year, probably that we may ever live through. I was also behind the scenes talking about potentially getting the company acquired in the middle of that. We go completely remote, which we weren't prepared for at all. Crazy, completely remote. And on top of all that, we didn't know if the, how the pandemic would affect our business, if it was going to hurt it. If it, so we stopped hiring we tried to figure out how to go remote. Meanwhile, we had a massive growth plan for the year and we doubled <laughs> that plan. So it just, and then to top it all off in September, you know, the acquisition happened, which is just a whole nother story in it itself. So, you know, for me, I I've, was in this crazy, I honestly, I didn't even really realize how much the pandemic was affecting uh, sort of day-to-day -day normal living. Obviously, you know, I paid very close attention to, you know, the health pieces of it. I'm, I've been super cautious. My, my mom and my dad both have health issues. Um, but just in terms of like how it was affecting day-to-day -day life, I was so laser focused on running the business and going through the acquisition process that I just didn't even really notice it. And so when I finally came up for air at the end of the year and I was like, you know, I kind of was ready to be, you know, to, to just get outside, to do things. Mm -hmm. And in LA, it was obviously very much locked down. You know, I wanted to go somewhere where I could just be in nature. <laughs> like mm -hmm. I had just missed nature. I missed being outside. I missed being active. You know, a lot of these sacrifices that I made really for eight or nine years, but especially in the last year. And so I just found a spot in Kauai. Um, I went there for, I just booked it for a month by myself went out there and it was like truly probably one of the most important sort of key trips of my life. I was like walking barefoot, like through these like self-sustaining farms. I was like, you know, doing a ton of meditation, a ton of yoga. And, you know, I was really thinking through, you know, what we had been through and then what the future looked like. Cause yeah. I had sort of some big things to think through in terms of, you know, how involved I wanted to be in liquid IV and some of these other opportunities that were on my plate. And so for me, it just was this amazing, special, time where I went there, not really knowing, you know, what the future was going to look like. And I came out like for the first time in a long time, like grounded mm. and like in touch with my, like Brandon mm. stripped down from CEO of liquid IV, mm -hmm. just who like d deep down, like who, who I was. And I also got connected to the earth again, which, 
you know, sounds kind of woo woo, but, love it. but for me, That's why we got the plants in here, man. Yeah, to man keep I'm, it grounded. I'm just like, you know, the, the more liquid IV grew, the more I've just become kind of obsessed with just the longer term, mm. um, look on sort of our species and our planet. And so getting reconnected with the earth and reconnecting myself, it was just, it was truly like a magical trip. Yeah. I can't even imagine just even the past, I mean, the past six months alone, just seeing from outside looking in, just what you are navigating. I can't even imagine like everybody is pulling you in every direction, whether it is to congratulate, which is amazing. People want to rich, you know, congratulations, you know, it's an amazing achievement. Um, or people want you to probably invest in their company now. I mean, there's just a magnitude of directions getting pulled that I wouldn't even know where to, how to, how do you even pick and choose it will literally take you a whole day to just respond to people. Never mind, then they're gonna hit you back, and now you have to respond. So it's like everybody wants a piece of you. They want your time. They want your attention. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you're just trying to navigate your own sanity, your own life, your own celebrations of what you had just accomplished. So to me, that sounds like the best uh, the best way to to get away from it is to go to Hawaii and separate yourself. But the just looking at 2020, and ever since I started with Live, and there were so many times that you've brought in this word up. Uh, and seeing you operate, especially as the pandemic first hit and then challenges along the way, the one word that comes to mind when I think of you as a CEO is, is the word poise. And I'm so, so curious as to how do you keep, how have you kept yourself calm in these hectic situations where it's like we're going remote, um, Costco, maybe they don't, they're not selling as much. Uh, now we have to make all these adjustments. We're not hiring as much. The new headquarters that we built, we're not even going to be able to get into it. How have you kept calm in even all these situations along the way? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think a lot of it boils down to routine is one thing for for me. I'm talk for me personally, and then I'll talk on the biz, more mm. like macro business front. But for me, like you know, sticking to the things that help keep me as centered as possible. Because when I, and, and I'm not, this is not something I'm amazing at. I just constantly, it's a practice. It's, a, totally. it's truly a practice. And, um, you know, when I do the things like gratitude journal in the morning, um, meditate in the morning, I do yoga, I work out, I do these things that like allow me to get as sharp as I possibly can. They, they, they really bring me to a place where I can then give that to the world, give that to our team, give that to whoever. Mm. I think the other part of it is, um, I've just, I've told you this before, like I'm, I've always been obsessed with the best leaders of all time. I've become even more post acquisition and sort of analyzing, you know, I read, I love just like reading about recent guys like Elon Musk, but also like Albert Einstein and Benjamin Franklin and Mm -hmm. these innovators and these leaders. And like the common theme is that like when things get really, really hard, like they are the ones who step up even more in those situations. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, when things are going good in 2019 and the business is taking off and everything is like super smooth, like I think a lot of people can lead through that, right? Like things are, things are rolling. And so there's something inside of me. There's something that goes off in my brain when, when shit gets really hard and like everyone's down and like, and, and remind March, March of 2020, it was like the darkest time from just around the world almost right. Yeah. March, April. And I was like, this is truly like, if I'm going to preach like these things about like, you know, like the obstacle is the way or mm-hmm. like, you know, any of these lines that I've told you before, um, this is the moment for that. Right. And so I don't know, I don't know if it's like, I've, I've thought a lot about it. Like, is it how I was raised? Probably. Is it like the things that the people and the, that I surround myself with and the things that I read and listen to, 
Um, but when, when shit really hits the fan, there's something inside of me that actually turns on even more. Mm. And I just think of guys like Kobe and Tiger and Martin Luther King and like Elon and like Benjamin Franklin and these like, um, it, like the most epic leaders of all time. Like how would they deal with the situation? Well, they're not going to roll over and die. Yeah. They're going to step up and put new plans together and inspire people to move forward. And the last part of it is from a business front is just like constant, like discipline to our process. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, our process now, but like we have this planning cycle, mm -hmm. right? And so like, as you get new information, you analyze the new information and then you strategize and adjust, right? And you adjust the plan and now mm -hmm. you have a new plan. And, and like, so when I just keep, it's almost like becomes monotonous, no matter what shit was going to get thrown at us in 2020, I was just going to stick to the most <laughs> simple planning cycle. Okay. New information. We have to, we have to leave the office, new information. We're not coming back and we're not going to move into this new office that we built new information. Retail stores are not selling any product, new information. Retail stores are blowing out of product and you just adjust the plan and measure plan versus actual. And I, it, it's cool hearing you say that because I inside, obviously, and behind the scenes, there's a lot that, you know, under the water, the yeah. duck's legs are kicking <laughs> like crazy. But I really do. I want in 2020, especially with everything going on, I was like, what can I control? Like yeah. control the controllables. Perspective. And for me, it was like, I can control this poise as the leader of this business and this community of people. And I want to bring that to the world. This is such a cool opportunity. I, forever, I dreamt of us having a platform to actually you know, when we do put off that poise and calm and positivity that would affect people in 2020, we actually had that to do. And yeah. I, I hope that went to, you know, that, that spread to our team and, and then further out to our community as oh, well. I, I definitely think it's spread within the team. And I'm, I'm almost wondering if a lot of the poise, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, comes from back to being as passionate as you were about golf growing up, such a one, such a you versus you sport, even though it is, there are, you know, in, I played in high school and, and I'm sure at college level, like it is a team sport. Everybody has to hold their end to try to get the win against whoever you're competing against. But at the end of the day, it is a you versus you sport. You're out there on the course by yourself playing. And if a shot is not the right shot, you have to quickly, I think Tiger Woods says it that, you know, if I hit a bad shot, I give myself 10 seconds and I have to leave that shot behind. So I almost wonder if, that is part of the reason you've been able to just use that perspective of like, all right, new information, bad shot, move on to the next shot, or just being able to kind of in real time adjust, adjust, and adjust. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think sports in general, like totally. just as the business grew, you know, 50, 60 employees now, like I've learned that there, you can find good people in any, anywhere, any background, doesn't matter, college, no college, athlete, not, but there's something about athletes where whether they played at a high level or not, but there's something about the discipline that it takes when no one's looking and it's about winning. And when it becomes about the team winning, it, like nothing else matters. Like whether you, it's all because of you that we won or not because of you at all. Like when it becomes about the team winning, it, it's really cool to sort of see that culture take place. And we, we, I think we built a lot of that with the team, like whether they're athletes or not, we kind of embodied that, like, this is all about us as a group, us against the world. Yeah. And we're going to bring this incredible product to the world and we're going to donate and we're going to go against what a lot of people said to do, whether it was going into Costco, yeah. or whether it was how we we're going to run our Amazon business or whether it was going from bottles to stick packs or like whatever it was, like it truly was like this team culture that we built about winning totally. and, and, and it trumped everything. Yeah. And so that, that was like really, really cool to feel right. It was, and, and honestly, like, you know, as I've started to talk to more founders and I, when I, when I listen to how other businesses are run, I just assume that's the, how they all run. And when, mm -hmm. now that I've seen sort of the inner workings of a lot of other businesses, 
I'm like, wow, we had something or like have, <laughs> but like, especially over that time before we had the support of a, you know, a big corporation like Unilever, we just had this incredible winning culture that like, we didn't waste time on bullshit. We yeah. only yeah. did what mattered and it was about winning yeah. period. Yeah. No, I would say, uh, even come when I came in, I think I was employee number 23, and uh, the perspective I've gotten to see in just the 15 plus months of being with Liv is incredible going from 23 to 50 plus, the whole watching a company getting acquired. I mean, just I'm in the background just taking notes like this is the process, this is the blueprint, like this is incredible. But um, the it, it almost goes back to one of the Liv guiding uh, principles, which is accountability. And if you're accountable within your own role, that it's gonna play to the bigger picture. And that's something that I've always talked about with other people where uh, especially with like the podcast stuff that I've over been overseeing for literally the last year now. It would have been April last year when I switched over to the the podcasting. Is <clears throat> you feel like especially when a company's growing at that size, you own that part of the business because if that if 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 that's in the red or things aren't going wrong in that section of the business, there's only one person to look at and it's me. And so I think that ends up being the case. Uh, I think it has been the case for everybody at Liquid IV is you're accountable for what your role is. You know what you need to do. And uh, there's so many systems in place that you know have helped people guide them to being efficient and processes and, uh, and everything like that. Um, you know, there's going to be so many people that listen to this. And I bet, as you were saying before, uh, founders probably want, you know, Brandon's advice and, and all that, right? Just looking back at 2020, right? So not only did all that madness happen, we also had the flavor cloud with Justin Bieber, huge flex. Shout out to Scooter Braun. Uh, we also had the Seaberry flavor, which was the 100% composable material stick, which is you know going to be a huge next chapter, I'm sure, at some point for Liquid IV. You had the launch of Energy in Costco, built a brand new Live HQ, obviously getting acquired by Unilever. Six, seven years ago, not far from where we are right now in Venice, you were at Whole Foods selling these sticks one stick at a time. What's the characteristics it takes to scale to a business of that size in just six or seven years? Yeah, you miss a, a year before I was actually selling the sticks, like demoing, like like through the front door the right way. We were selling to like little grocery marts and gyms. And then I was driving around on the weekends in a hat and sunglasses and buying the sticks out in order for them to reorder, <laughs> which I don't know if I've ever told that before, but like, in like, we didn't have enough marketing. We didn't have enough dollars yet. So I would go, we, we would go like sell them in. We'd give them a free box to start. I'd say, Hey, just put it on the counter in a week. If it sells out, call us back. And it, and so what we do is either I, like literally on my weekends, all day, Saturday or Sunday, I would just drive around all of Southern California. And I was just literally taking my own cash, buying our own sticks. <laughs> And then on Monday, I'd call back and say, hey, how'd it go? He's like, great, can we reorder? We're, we're in for 40 bucks. Wow. And so, uh, or I'd send friends in and I would, I would, I would say, hey, just, just send, them a send me a Venmo. <laughs> send me a Venmo. So I was like losing out of both ends. I was giving it away for free, uh, buying it with classic. my own money. Yeah. So that was, that was like some of You're the- tricking the system. That was just obsessiveness. Because I, I really, here's the thing is I knew that when people bought it and tried it, they were going to love it. Mm. But the issue was like when you don't, when you're not running, you know, like now we have, ton, you know, Facebook ads, podcast ads, mm -hmm. we're doing, you know, all different kinds of, you know, mainstream marketing now. Like you have to give it some time to let people find out about it and try it. And like the first impression with those store owners, like is going to mean something. So totally. if you can get it hot out of the bat, then, um, you know, it gives it some time to get off the ground by itself. And eventually what happened was people would come in and try 
And then, you know, two months later, it's selling like hotcakes on its own. And that was like the true stamp that we were in a good spot was like that the market was speaking that hydration and healthy hydration and, you know, all the, all the things with our science were working, but to get it off the ground, sometimes you need to give it a little kick, a little kickstart. Um, the question was like, you know, how do you scale from, from that to, you know, a multi hundred million dollar company? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny. Like I think it, a lot of the same characteristics, skills, internal, intrinsic, how I think about things like haven't changed. Mm. Right. But, but I think there is, there's a point where you go from, you know, you are the executor, right. To then you become like the planner and you're delegating that. And then as the company gets to like 50 people, like we are now, like you're really building that vision and you have to lead and you have to inspire. And so I think like where a lot of founders struggle to get to that next phase, right? There's, there's, it's one thing to be a six figure business. It's another thing to be a million dollar business. And I think it's another thing to be a multi hundred million dollar business. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think, you know, that next level is really about planning. I think planning is huge. I think it's like underrated how important planning is, but I think it's about inspiring. Like you need to inspire with a vision and a plan, a group of people, you're, you're no, there, there's no way I could do everything anymore. Right. And mm-hmm. so I think there's that next step that you go through and how do you do it? I think, I think a lot of it is inherent. I think a lot of it is incredible discipline and training. I think a lot of it is reading and listening to people who've done it before mentors. Mm. And then, yeah, man, I've just, I'm just feel blessed. I feel so grateful that like I was able to with incredible, incredible people around me. I mean, honestly, I give, there's so much credit that goes to, like the quote advisors, whether it's like, you know, family or like, you know, some of the advisors around me and then the live leadership team. I mean, we, the team that like when you came on basically, right. Like that team, there are some of the most special people who it was like before they were known, basically, Mm -hmm. what was the name of it before? What the name of the podcast that we did? Uh, purpose in the youth. Yeah. But after that one, when you, what they don't see, what they don't see, what they don't see. Yeah. Like there's like these people like who, I mean, you know, some of these people, right? Yeah. Patricia, Ryan, Alexis, Emily, Sean, all these people, right? I'm missing people, but, um, there's so many great leaders who came in and like believed in our vision and then just absolutely multiplied it like yeah. bigger than I could have, like better, bigger than I ever even could have imagined. And it shows the power in like great people, great team. And I think you know, when there's leadership who supports that, it's just the, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Yeah. It's without a doubt the, the vision of the change the world is I think one of the, was one of the most important missions that you could have, you know, I mean, I was, I didn't even know what liquid I when that really even started. I think it was like 2013, 2014, you had donated, I think it was 500 sticks at, at to a local LA shelter. And, uh, I think that's an important aspect that, you know, you see brands out there that um, they have like a give back component, but sometimes it doesn't feel like it's the right, it, it's actually authentic, but I feel like Liquid IV has done such a good job in the way it's communicated through the content, through hearing you tell the stories of growing the business on top of everything else and the team and, uh, you know, a product that, you know, genuinely helps anybody and everybody. Um, but I think even that part too of just like the, what's the purpose? What are we here to do? I think that's been an important factor of like, oh, this is a company that provides a great product, but also it's there to change the world, which I think uh, has been an important like part of the business growing too. Um, so I can't, I can't even imagine the past 10 to 12 months with 
or excuse me, the the lead up process of the Unilever acquisition. Mm-hmm. To me, I'm guessing, like you had said, so you're talking November 2019. That deal doesn't get announced until October or uh, sept- was it September? October. Yeah. yeah, September 1st. So, I mean, 10 months behind the scenes working that through. How did you know that Unilever was the right fit and how many other companies had stepped in to potentially want to acquire the company at that point? Yeah, I mean, it started, yeah, at the end of 2019. You know, we were looking at the business and it was growing and incredibly fast and we had all this momentum and you know there were a lot of things that we we can you know we could do on our own and there were things that that where we needed you know support you know like that in order to do it at the speed that we wanted to like mm-hmm. we wanted to get our product out there there's lots of copycats now right like it's so funny like at first we had no one believed in what we were doing and then all of a sudden like three years later like everyone's copying everything we do <laughs> like every little copycat you can imagine right so there were all these things and a big one is like global expansion right speed to market making sure we could help the most amount of people possible and so um you know when we started looking at those things we really thought 2020 was sort of the right the right time just I'm not, there's a bunch of factors that you know i can't even get into all of it but we thought it was the right time and so we had all, we had had people reaching out to us for for years but we just thought based on everything um, that it was the right time. And we talked to a ton. I mean, we talked to all the biggest corporations in the world. Mm. Um, there were a handful in the mix at, at the end. It was, it was a pretty competitive process. Um, and for, for me, it was, you know, where, what's the best home for, it's like your baby, right? Yeah. Like this thing where I poured my life and heart and soul into it for eight, nine years. And just everything I had learned, you know, they have, they have other brands that have, you know, social causes like us, like Ben and Jerry's has a huge social cause, mm-hmm. right? Like, like sustainability and, and packaging and waste is another huge, um, initiative of theirs. Um, and I think mo- so, so product and, uh, product and mission fit was really important. And then I think the other one was my, the team, like I, the team is everything to me. Like we work so I, I and we work so hard to build this specific culture. I wanted to make sure that if we got acquired and, and there was the right fit that the team was in the best spot to win moving forward. Mm. And I feel like that we, we found that, like, I'm just, I'm so grateful that we were able to find um, a home where liquid IV can continue to scale and become a $10 billion business over the next, you know, Whew. like I would not, nothing would be cooler than if in 10 years, like liquid IV is a $10 billion global <laughs> business. Right. And while that's happening, like, I, like the value that I bring, which is why, you know, it, it made sense for me to, to move on to other things is like by nature, I didn't really know this about myself because I'd only started one business, but like, I'm, I'd like to innovate. I like to create mm-hmm. and like, I can provide more value to change the change the world mission mm-hmm. by going to create other products and services for the world that are going to be on a scale that like, it's going to, I get to sound crazy again because I'm starting <laughs> at the beginning, but on a scale that's going to be really, really big. And I have a couple things going, which I can't really talk about yet, but there's, I can go do that while Liquid IV now has the access to all this global expansion and yeah. all these resources that now allow Live to keep growing. So now that gets to keep growing into its next phase of its stage, yeah. uh, you know, of life. And now I get to go with now with a lot different resources than I had eight years ago. Like the relationships mm-hmm. are, is probably the most like you know relationships and and the the team and like the the culture and the way of doing business is probably the most value. But on top of that, you know, financial resources, personally, I have I, it, the freedom that I have to, to build something that truly brings value to the world is really exciting. So I think it was just the right fit for the business, right? The, the yeah. product, the community, probably most importantly, the team. 
And then, um, and then on the other side, like it was just, the, it was the, it was the right time also for me to move on to, to doing other things. What was the biggest challenge while you were negotiating that even after you probably noticed or, you know, decided at some point it was like Unilever is going to be the one, what's the challenge in, in actually that whole process? Man. Cause outside looking in, I always, you know, I, I had saw somebody tweet this the other day and it, it cracks me up. It was like, um, don't, uh, don't put in your seed deck how what the exit strategy was right and i'm like laughing because it's like you hear you know companies that are barely getting off the ground and they're already they might be talking about their exit it's like let's pump the brakes guys like get the fucking business running like yeah are you actually starting the business for the right reason or are you already talking about your exit strategy and like all right why are you doing what you're doing but um yeah what what was that challenge in in the behind the scenes because it can be it can't be just let me let me hit on that but i want to hit on the exit strategy thing i think one of the things that made our business so um, sort of authentically built was that we never really had an exit strategy. And I think a lot of finance guys and a lot of ECs and a lot of even founders would say like, you need to have an exit strategy. And I think I was so at my core um, motivated to build an incredibly um, sound business and team and culture. Mm. If you have, if, if when you're starting a company, you already have like some exit strategy mapped out. First of all, it's probably going to turn out a lot differently. But like if, if you already have that, like you're not going to be able to build like a, a team and an army of people who are going to go to bat for you every single mm-hmm. day because they kind of know this end is inside. And for us, I really didn't know what the end was. Like people are, I hear so all the time, people are like, well, you, you kind of knew. I was like, I actually didn't. Like my one goal was change the world. What does that mean? Help people everywhere live better lives for generations to come. The generations to come is newly added on. That's part of my next phase. But <laughs> but um, the point is like it, it, that by building something so um, like solid, sturdy, like foundational, not like a quick flip, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like it, I think it's what created this incredible growth and this incredible community and incredible team. Now I'll say the flip side to that is what made it challenging post-acquisition is that now there's a lot of change and you know, there's people who came on not necessarily knowing that like they were going to be part of an acquisition or because mm. we didn't even know. Mm. <laughs> Genuinely, I didn't know. I didn't know these things. Like we were just, it, like I said, we're going to plan and then we're going to adjust based on what we think the best thing is for the business, right? And so I think that's what made it so incredibly, the, 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 the scale, the growth, the excitement, because it was so real. It mm. was like so genuine from our team, from me. And then I think, Post acquisitions, that's also what makes it hard for a company where the founder from day one for eight years says, you know, we're trying to get acquired, we're trying to get acquired. Then when it happens, everyone's like, okay, we were ready for this. What's next? Or how are we going to deal? For us, it was like very much, it's a total transition period, right? And thank God we're, you know, it's in an incredible position, the business and Unilever and the whole thing's really solid, but it definitely made, there's some challenges there because of the way we built it. So I'm not just, I'm actually not saying one way is better than the other. But I do think that the, the the real growth and the real authenticity comes from building something because you want to build the best business possible. Yeah. And the exit or not will come at the right time. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not even crossing your mind because you're so focused on just building the business. What's next? What's next? And that was something that I would see in you even I think right before we left out of office the um when we when Liquid IV had found out the news that we were going into Costco. I remember we popped the champagne. And then I feel like you were like already on to like, all right, now. I remember this? you saying, I remember you're like, 
Remember when you told me like you're trying to smell the roses, Brandon? I was like, <laughs> God, I'm so bad at this. Like we had just got energy in and we you're all like, popped champagne on a Friday. And I was like, I literally, I popped it with you guys. And I was literally thinking about how we're going to get the demo program set up. And what immediately, that's just how I did Dude, it. That's what it takes to build the business to that scale, man. Yeah. You're, you're a hustler at, at its core and you're, uh, you're just ability to just continuously put in the work and, you know, like I said before, remaining poised and kind of just adjusting and pivoting along the way. I mean, that's it, dude, nobody builds a business of that scale out of pure luck or timing. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very small percentage of people that will go on to do what you've, what you've just accomplished and you still got a whole nother gas tank left in you. So it just speaks so loudly to, of course, it takes a team. I, if, I've, if I've learned anything since working at Liquid IV, you damn well need a team around you to do something at the highest level and at scale. But two, it all comes back to you as the leader, the founder. Um, you know, something I, I tell people from time to time is, you know, it, it's, it's funny. It's literally, it's like when even when we were talking about me joining the team, I, I was telling people, I've told people this story like recently, like, it didn't matter if this guy was selling rocks on the corner of the street. <laughs> I was in because it was the passion that you had. It was the energy. You know, I, I loved Liquid IV. I had loved the product. You had always sent it to me. I think when I was driving the Uber days, you'd send me like a care package, like, you know, keep, keep stocked up. But to me, it was always about who you were and that energy and that uh, just that passion that you had for what you were doing that that's what people want to be around. They, they fuel off that. And I think so much of Liquid IV's team has fueled off of you as much as there's credit to be due to the team and the people that help it on the, have helped it on the day-to-day grind. At the core, you up top of that, of that, since I've been part of it and seeing it, that just carries through for the rest of the company. Um, I think I skipped one of your questions, but. I, I, no, you're doing okay. great. You're doing great. <laughs> you're doing great. Um, so a little over six months ago, Obviously, you announced the after after that. So after the acquisition, that was six months ago. Excuse me. You then announced you're stepping down as CEO. Uh, I re- the quote was actually I'll get to the quote in a second. But at at that point, you're eight years in. How did you know it was time to close the chapter? Um. Well, I didn't for a while. I mean, it, it's it's probably. I can't imagine many more challenging, difficult, like decisions to make. Mm. Like, um, it's probably like when a parent, I can only imagine like what a parent feels like, like when their kids like moving out of the house or something like you spent all this time raising them and now they're going out on their own. Um, it it was, it, it was part of the, why I took that trip to Hawaii. It was part of why I was, you know, um, talking to so many people who around me who I trust just that, you know, um, without any, uh, external, sort of material things involved, like who mm. I just trust. Um, and I, I think I kind of answered this in some of the other uh, questions, but um, if, ch- if, if change the world is my ultimate, you yeah. know, mission, CTW, what that, you know, whatever that means to me, it's like this lasting impact on the world that helps people. Like when I got down to that as the true North liquid IV was in this incredible position to continue doing that on this next phase without me. And I could now go into this uh, new chapter of my life in, you know, creating other incredible value to people through mm. products and services. And so um, it just was, it was just uh, the right time. You know, it took a lot of, uh, it took a lot of uh, deep digging, like self sort of analysis. Yeah. 
Um, but I'm super like excited. And frankly, for, for a few months, I, I was, I was, I was kind of like down. It was like the weirdest feeling like afterward, like, because you work so long f- to, to get to this point and then you get it. And like, what does it mean? And like, there's all these new beginnings, right? Like financially and like, mm. and then, and then you have this new partner involved and the team and all these things. And so, um, but as I started to think through what the future looks like and a lot of these things I can get my hands into and also the opportunity for our team and our, and the liquid IV business, it just sort of all came together. And I just, I'm, I'm just like so excited about the ne- this next phase and just all the cool things I'm going to get to touch yeah. and help and like to, to really leave like a lasting positive impact on the earth. You know, I'm like, I'm 30 years in. And I got like 30 or 40 good years to go. You just get warmed up. And like, dude, this is championship number one. (laughs) Like Kobe had five, Jordan had six. Like this is just championship number one. Oh, baby. Yeah, it's got to be at some point after probably getting through that dark, not dark period, but getting through that questionable period of like, is what what am I supposed to be doing? Is this the right thing? It's got to feel refreshing to have that like new vision of like, this is where I need to go. And there there was a quote in the announcement when you had said that, you know, you were stepping down as CEO um, and read the lines along the lines of, I've given every ounce of my heart and soul to this business and we have accomplished more in our wildest dreams together. Looking back though, is there any personal or business decision in the past eight years that you'd go back and change? No. Nothing? No. no. I mean, I, I, I like really don't live with regrets and yeah. I just, I think it's because I put, it's because I put every ounce of energy into every decision. Like I just don't take anything lightly, which is a strength and a weakness. I mean, it creates a lot of anxiety and stress and all of the things I struggled with Mm. for the last few years, which I have never really talked about before, but like, it was really like, it was just like, it, 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 I can't imagine doing anything harder, like in your mid twenties and and late twenties. Like I sacrificed my entire life basically, which, and I wasn't even, it wasn't like I regretted it at all. I loved every piece of it, but, um, any decision I made or any partner that I partnered with that didn't work out or employee or what, like it all led to this. And I always knew deep down it would. And so I just like, you know, I, to me, everything is just, it's either a winning decision or it's just a learning opportunity. And like, Mm. I just, there's just no, I, I wouldn't change one thing. That's good. What, uh, what live guiding principle are you going to take with you? Into this next all of them. All of them. <laughs> you probably read them every morning. All of them. Uh, <laughs> if there was one though, which what's the one you think is going to be? Oh man, um, I, I, they're so. I, I they're literally, I truly, you know, when you're making big hard decisions that you have to make really fast, like having, like either these slogans or like you know you have your tattoos yeah. or like there's these like principles that you can go back to, and so like even now I, I use them all the time, like. I mean, rocks is just such a good one, right? Like all day, because especially even now, like I have, I've never had so many people from every angle coming at me. Like, I mean, everything from financial to founders, to team, to new businesses, (laughs) Unilever, it's just like family, friends, like it's just a, it's very, it's like such a paradigm shift, frankly, like you go from being the reacher outer yeah. to all of a sudden you're just bombarded from every angle. And so for me, it always just, there's two that I'll give you. One is rocks. Like what are the most important things that are going to help me accomplish whatever my objectives are for the day, mm. right? Or for whatever the week, whatever the time period is. Right. And so, I mean, I just love that one. Like if you're only allowed to have three rocks a day, it's great. like then you boil it down and then it's really easy to say no. And for me, it's really hard to say no. Cause I think, cause I'm really empathetic and I see myself 
reaching out to these people eight years ago yeah. and the no's I was hearing and stuff. And so it's really hard for me, but I'm just learning like in order to continue this mission and continue building, like I have to do things that are going to be the most valuable for my time in order to impact this totally. or to, to impart this impact right on the world. And so rocks is just, a, is just such a special one. Um, the other one is I love right now is simple solutions. Mm. It's like, there's just so much, like there can be so much complexity to a lot of things. And like when I, when I just say simple solutions to myself and like take two or three like deep, like really focused breaths, it's just like everything kind of melts off and I go, okay, what's the simple solution here? Like, do I need to do that or do I not? No. Okay. Next. Next. Don't even think next. twice. Yep. Next. Like we don't need to like overanalyze this, you know? So I love, I love uh, simple solutions. Um, what was the other one? I bl- another great one when, when you have so much going on is bluff. Oh yeah. Bottom line. Get up right front. to it. <laughs> like, you know, I, and it's true. I mean, it's probably even helped you. I remember like, I think when I first told you about it, you know, you'd reach out to all these people to have them on the podcast. Yeah. Right. And like, yeah, it's cool to have a lot of backup. Like I almost think it like in an appendix, but like, what's the point? Give mm. me the point in the first sentence. sentence. Yeah. I just want to know what the point of the meeting is. Yeah. Right. I mean, how many times did me and you have meetings where like, you know, like it, it, when you were first getting going, right? Cause yeah. it takes everyone, even me to get used to this where like, I didn't know what the meeting was about. And I was like, yo, what? I don't have an get hour to talk on this shit. So now when you get to the top and I go, oh, okay, cool. This is the right thing we should be talking about. Great. Go, let's go into the detail of it now. Yeah. So I love, I love bluff too. Yeah. Like bottom line up front, especially for CEOs and people who have a lot going on, like, like just distilling down to like, what is the most important thing? When I get an email with three paragraphs that are all ju- like like giant paragraphs, I, I literally can't even read it anymore because it yeah. just it takes too much time. You don't have the time for it. I just, I, it's, I, I feel bad almost, but I just can't. So to me, I'm like, someone takes the, it's actually really easy to write a long email with big paragraphs. You just let it flow. It's like a free flowing <laughs> email. The harder thing is to do all of that yeah. and then distill and yeah. then cut and cut. cut. And finally you get it down to, what the like two or three like sentences that this person needs. And that takes way more time. Yeah. Like I love a good two to three sentence email that where every word fucking matters. <laughs> I love it. So if you're trying to reach out to Brandy, you better make sure every word counts. Make it count, baby. Like you should see the smile on his face when he's talking about two <laughs> to three sentence email. And it's at, at the either, I'm assuming either the day you announce Liquid IV getting acquired or maybe when you step down as CEO, what was the max, <laughs> the mass amount of text slash calls, emails that you got within like a 24 hour period? <laughs> Did you just like turn off I'm the like phone? I'm still catching up. Oh, no, I actually, one of, one of the best things I've done, honestly, because I've, I've really worked hard to try and detach as much as I can because it's, it's hard, man. Like as, a, as like a leader who wants to be accessible, you know, like my dad runs a business and like people can get a hold of him through email if they get it, or he has a secretary. He, they don't even have a cell phone, right? Like, like for us, it's like email, cell, yeah. uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, like yeah. it, it's just endless. Right. Yeah. And so one thing that's really helped me is like quality time detached from my phone. And the only way I've been able to do it is I got a second phone actually. Mm. And so like what I do is like, I use that phone for a certain time in the morning because no one has the number. There's no social media. There's no emails. It's like, it's literally just for like my notes app. So I can like set my intentions for the day. Wow. And the big anxiety I always had was like, I'm really close with my family. And I was always scared if I like went on a hike for a day and didn't have my phone, my family was going to call and there's some emergency I wouldn't be able to help with. Yeah. So now what I've done is the four most important people in my life, three family members and, and Greg have my number that they can for get a that, hold for that one specific just phone. for that phone. And they know you only call that if you're calling the other one and it's off, it's off, off, off. And there's an emergency, then hit me up on the other one. But 
it's great because you don't, I don't think anyone realizes like the hole you can get in. Like, like when I had my, I call it, there's a black phone and there's a black uh, iPhone and a white iPhone. And the one is the dark phone. It's just darkness, Instagram, email, phone. I'm getting like 500 calls a day. It never stops ringing. It's right here. And then the white phone is like this bright light happiness. Like no one can get a hold of me on it. Right. But I think truly what happens is like, you know, you get one message, like, let's just say from my mom, which I really need to check. And all of a sudden I check two more, then I'm on email and then I'm on Instagram. And all of a sudden, like I've spent 15 minutes not being productive on what any, it has none of my objectives for the day, none of the rocks that I'm trying to accomplish. Right. So one of the things I've done, which has been really helpful is like, I set time aside to get caught up sometimes, Mm -hmm. um, and go on to the dark phone, which allows (laughs) me to get back to people. It's not dark. It's, but it's connection to the world, which is awesome and really hard. Yeah. Right. And so, um, the answer to the question is, I mean, it, it took me like two weeks, like with dedicated time to get back to everyone after the acquisition. And then this announcement, um, actually the announcement was, it, it was just as much, but I, it was a much different feeling. I felt like sort of free to respond and yeah. like, uh, funny the, how I felt after this, like sort of announcement that I was, I was walking away for now. Um, for now. No, just, no, there's just me more, <laughs> more and bigger, right? I know. It's, it's not a Jordan comeback. <laughs> no, no, the, back. You heard it here first, folks. We're number quick 45. It's <laughs> pulling a quick one. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, no, no, I think the feeling I've had since that, since I've been able to sort of freely talk about that was how I thought I would feel when we got acquired. And instead, the hardest six months I've ever worked in my whole life. Put Think about this. Like if the goal is to get acquired when you're like a founder, right? And make all this money and make all your friends and family and investors money and, you know, do all this stuff. If that's the goal, you would think that that's your time where you like have this awesome moment of celebration. I didn't celebrate literally for a second. I worked so hard because I was like, wanted to make a good impression with Unilever. I wanted our team to be set up for success. I wanted our community to know that nothing was going to change. Like I worked crazy after acquisition, the craziest time I had, and I was going through some of those darker times, like thinking through like what this meant and what it meant for me and our team and sort of these like existential questions about life and the value of money and all this shit that I was like never <laughs> had to think about before. Like the feeling I have now is I actually feel that excitement and freedom and it feels more celebratory and yeah. I'm, I'm able to like open up to people about like, just, I just feel free. I yeah. feel free. Yeah. I didn't feel that before at all, at all. Wow. When, when will we get to kind of start to see this next chapter? When, like, is there a timeline or are you just going to let it roll? Um, no timeline, but it'll start, it'll start slowly coming out. I mean, there's little things I have my hands in, which, you know, I've invested in a few companies already. I really enjoy talking to founders and, you know, helping them through some of the pitfalls, but that's all sort of, I would call that like one, one, um, <laughs> one step removed yeah. where I don't actually have like my hands on outcomes, yeah. <laughs> which as a control person is not a good feeling. But, but this year we'll start to see things probably. Yeah. Stuff will start to roll out. I, I there, there's, there's some really cool. Um, I just, I you think can't sit I was, still, I feel man, like, like you probably did the whole month in Hawaii and was like, got back to like, all right, like, let's get back. Let's get back to cooking. There's no way that I feel like you can sit still for that long of a period. Of I think time. the thing having a little bit of quiet time is like just realizing like the access that, that I have the things that I didn't before in terms of like people and um, just opportunities, whether it's like retail or, uh, you know, b- big business people or like, 
you know, celebrity business partners or just like, you know, all these people who invested and believed in me when it was kind of a crazy idea, like everyone made like 80 of the, the, clo- the closest people to me, like all got this massive win. And so like, now it's like, everyone's like, so what's next? I'm ready to invest. Yeah, I'll write the check tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So much credibility. And even, even when you did the CTW investor round with, you know, 20 celebrities, that was such a massive splash. I'm like, holy shit, like this hydration brand's got all these names behind it. So now it's just, of course, people are going to be hitting you up because what it, they already know the credibility. You've already built one thing and brought it to that scale. You probably, if he's done it once, he's going to do it again on anything else that he does. So it, uh, it kind of makes sense that uh, people are going to start hitting you up about that. Yeah. What, um, what have been some of the changes you've made in your life or lifestyle since the company was acquired? I know you've said, you know, you did the trip in Hawaii, money's part of your life now, but like, is there any changes that you've made that you maybe didn't, I mean, I know health's a big thing for you as well. Well, yeah, I mean, it's sort of, if we want to use the rocks analogy, like it's almost like my rocks have turned upside down. (laughs) Like it was always like liquid IV CTW was like number one, Mm -hmm. right? And like family and health and friends and dating and traveling all were like way, 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 way down. <laughs> Family was always up there, right? But like everything else, I just prioritized. It was, it, it, it was really easy. I just said no to everything because like I had one goal. And so now I flipped everything on its head and like my number one right now is like health. Like mm-hmm. I just, there's a lot of things I just put on the back burner. And so I'm just realizing like in order to be like peak performance, which I love, like just optimizing myself, mm. my body, my mind, mm. allow me to then perform at this level that, and I, I have, I now have that opportunity to do so. Before it was like, I, I, it was just so laser focused that you just couldn't even knock me off of that focus. And now I'm realizing with a little bit of time too, time's a big part of it, but like to be able to focus on things like, you know, my health and like my sleeping habits and like, mm. you, you know, get, you get more than seven hours. I'm sleeping like seven now. It's good. pretty good. Get it, yeah. Get for, it up there. I know I, I have this aura ring and so I could try nice. track it out, which is nice. pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, it's amazing. Like you realize that like how truly without your health, cause I went through a lot of shit. I never shared it ever because I didn't want to seem weak to our team or I didn't, I just, I, I, not even that, that was part of it. But really it was like, I just didn't even have time. I was like, all right, I have like, I, there was one day I woke up and I didn't go to work and I just worked from my eyes just like swelled shut from like stress and stuff. And I wow. hadn't slept. Like you saw when I hit my head yeah. and then like my, I like my hair wouldn't grow back for when I shaved my head and I was like, whatever, just shave it. Let's go keep moving <laughs> forward. I was like, it'll grow back eventually, whatever. <laughs> and you know, there were just so many health things that I went through and you know, now, you know, you realize like without that, you know, when you have health scares, like without that, like you really have nothing. Yeah. So I'm, you know, I just, I love, it's why I started liquid IV. I love optimization. I love being at your best. Like it's so empowering. And so mm-hmm. like, you know, my routine now I, I bought a house. So that was big, big change, which Let's is cool. Yeah, I have a cool house. And I, the, the, the idea behind it was I wanted to have everything there that would help me be at my best, mm. especially with COVID in LA, like having like my own wonderland of health stuff, Totally. super exciting. So like, you know, I got a cryo machine, so I do cryo every single morning. It's like wakes me up. I, What's the other morning routine? Because I feel like it's probably gonna hit every health thing that you do. It will hit every health thing. <laughs> of it's, a, it's like a pretty I'm long the same routine. way. It's, I know you are. It's like a three-hour process. People are probably like, "This guy's cooked." It's but intense. It yeah, works. mine's like four hours. By the time I, I sit down to work, I'm like ready. Primed. And when I don't do it, I'm just not. I'm just. I feel amen. like I didn't get my win yet. You amen. know. Amen. When, as you would win say, the morning, win the morning, you win the day. It's the you heard it line. You heard it first. The bearded man's <laughs> line, baby. Um, yeah, I wake up and I, I. I've been almost religious about gratitude journaling. It's been like really, really helpful through this sort of crazy transition period. 
um, I then turn on the dark phone for a sec and mm -hmm. I, I just, I like getting caught up on all my calls, emails, texts, social, whatever, mm -hmm. 30 minutes max, get it knocked out. And then based on my calendar for the day, which is pretty much set the night before, but based on that, it might change a little bit based on, you know, whatever priorities, then I set my intentions for the day. Mm. So there's a lot of like prep work, just like getting organized for the day. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I do yo now yoga is my big thing. So I'll do like 30 minutes of yoga, like out in the sun, Great. just like, it's like body mind. I just get in this, I've been like, you know, really focused on breathing and breath mm -hmm. and how important it is. Um, so I'll do, uh, I'll do yoga. Um, I will then go to, I got a Peloton in the house, so I'll Love do it. I'll do 30 minutes on the Peloton and then normally I'll hit like either like a little bit of weight training or mobility stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I have, I have a couple like specialists who have, they basically have like, you know, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady's guys who spend like a million or $2 million a year on their health. Like, I just think it's so cool. Like everything from food to meditation, to mobility, mm -hmm. to strength training. Like I think holistically it all plays together. So, um, I'll do some strength training after that normally. Um, and then I get, then I get into work. So I do work for three or four hours. Mm. Um, and then my early afternoon thing is I take an hour. I, I have, um, uh, my sister actually is a personal chef. So she cooks for me for the whole week. I'm gluten-free, super sharp on like what I'm eating to make sure I'm optimizing, you know, what I'm putting in my body. So I, my lunch actually is relatively quick because it's all ready. Yeah. And then I spend like, uh, uh, like 45 minutes, I do this red light laser bed, which really helps with like skin yep. and just like a uh, heal, you know, just like lots of regeneration and healing detoxification. Um, and then I hit, uh, the cryo machine, oh, which so is two a day, huh? For the cryo cryo, no cryo, oh, cryo's in the cryo's afternoon. In the sorry, afternoon. Sorry. No, I don't do two day on any of it. So I go red light bed cryo. And then the third thing is I have an infrared sauna down in this health Amazing. room. So I had all three of those, but it only takes 45 minutes, which is really cool. And then I feel like, and I don't no more caffeine. At all. I, I pretty much cut out all caffeine. Like, That's and, but my impressive. caffeine in the afternoon, the key with my caffeine in the afternoon is no, not my caffeine, my energy The the, when you combine sauna with cryo, it's like, Game I've learned all about it, but like you're creating these different, you know, just natural thing, you know, chemicals in your body biologically totally. that give you this. I mean, I literally come out of my two o'clock calls and I'm just like wired, <laughs> like laser focused. Like, I feel like I took a limitless pill. <laughs> I'm so focused. If there's two, two of the greatest BCs in the world, Brandon Cohen and Bradley Cooper, <laughs> the limitless, that's limitless. That that's limitless. limitless. Yeah. So it, it's a lot. And then, and then the other thing I'm doing is just like, you know, at the end of the day, I, I really, I try by seven o'clock, I turn the phone off. And so everyone loves it when I tell them until people after seven can't get a hold of me. And then people are all pissed off at me. Like you told me you thought it was a good idea. I'm like, this is not like, this is a very binary thing. Like it's either on or it's off. So I'm not getting back to you till the next morning. Yeah. So yeah, it's been, um, all of that has been really good. And I, I think the big thing is I'm sleeping. Like I didn't sleep for like two or three years. I mean, frankly, I, I just was sleeping. What was the average? Five hours? Four, maybe, maybe five, but I was up a ton. And like, I would, I would just like, it wasn't good sleep. And like, I mean, sometimes I'd sleep two or three hours and frankly, I would be really sharp some of those days. Cause yeah. like, I almost like my brain never even turned off, but the long, the sustainability long-term is not just good. not good at all. And like now, I mean, I mean, you can see my, there's no video, but like my skin is like better. My, all, like my, my everything, like I, I gained since, since I, uh, like 
basically kind of knew that I was going to be walking away. I've gained like 12 pounds of just like happiness. Yes. <laughs> like I'm not like anxiety ridden shake. Like I was so full of anxiety all the time. And so, you, you know, actually, I, you can actually eat your lunch and not be at your desk correct. It while reading the next meeting correct. that's coming inbound. So I think overall, I mean, it sounds like all these complex health things, but really, I mean, the big thing with health in this next phase is like, it's really just the simple things like yeah. breathing, being outside, working out. Should we do one with the audience? I love meditation, dude. Game changer. It's good. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot of the simple things. These other cool machines are obviously helpful. They kind of speed things up, but it's a lot of the simple things. It's movement, it's breath, it's meditation. It's like back to the simple things. And it's, it's just been a huge part of helping me get grounded. Yeah. Anyone could do it. Writing in a gratitude journal, meditating, mm -hmm. stretching, working out, getting outside to go on a walk and breathing and yeah. sleeping. Yeah. Like if I knew that they could make me feel this good, I still wouldn't have done it three years ago, but <laughs> I didn't have the time for I didn't, that. But now that I do, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, I, that's the whole concept of the, the, you win the morning, you win the day. To me, it's not about how early do you get up. It's about what do you spend those first two to three hours of your day doing? Totally. It's me. It's gratitude journaling. It's working out. It's meditating. It's getting a good breakfast. What time you wake up now? Five. And you're, and you're ready by nine, right? Dialed. Right. So that's in the same way. I'm like 530 the roof. and I'm, I can do all that stuff. Yeah. And then I have that midday break too, but I, yep. I'm still starting at the same time I always started. Yeah. It's just a different way of leading into your day. I, I always say that. if you, if you win the morning, it's just carrying the momentum for the rest of the day so that no matter what happens, you know that you got yourself primed up. So then no matter what comes at you, whether it's a great day or it's a bad day, you're in your, you're in your element, you're ready to go. So it's like, it's a game changer. And then even that the second half of the day, which I've even started, I know you were talking about your second like work, workout part of the day that gets you kind of fueled up. I'll go on like a midday walk or, you okay. know, luckily now we have like a whole little gym set up. I'll, I'll get like a quick pump for like 45 minutes. And I'm like, I come, I come back and I sit back down. You would think I'm, I'm more tired. I'm more, I'm gassed up. I feel like I just have like a shot of espresso. Same dude. It's so totally. then it car carries me in for the next four to five hours. And then by then it's eight. Pass out by nine, do it all over again the next day. I mean, you're probably doing it with trial and error, but like I've just, I've read, you know, I just continue to read a lot and talk to people who like know this stuff really well. And it's just your brain and your body and, you know, all these neurotransmitters in your mm -hmm. body. Like when you get that reset, they're fresher. Yeah. You're, you're truly you more productive. away from the work. Yeah. And I mean, you couldn't have, you couldn't have paid me tons of money to do that three or four years ago, but now it, it, it really is a, it's a, it's a cool, it's like a, it feels like a hack. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody has to go through that phase at some point you in their life. To. That like relentless of not sleeping like and just making, uh, I don't want to say bad decisions in, for your health, but it is bad decisions. But you have to go through that phase to then get through it and then look back and go, wow, this actually like worked out. It's rocks. Favor. It's just rocks. Yeah. Like what are the priorities? For, before it was only winning with live. Health is now really important right now. And I'm sure as I get into the next really big thing where I put a ton of money into it and do everything again big. Like I'm sure I'll go back into that phase yeah. when I really need it. I have that. It's like that Mamba gear if I really need it, you know? Yeah. And before I get into that, that's the next thing I want to phase into. The thing that I always remind myself of is you operating, you checking down your health and doing the things that help you operate your highest level only helps you impact the world at a better speed and pace. So it's like, if you're not getting back to people for text messages, phone calls, whatever that might be, as long as it's you're staying focused on you, you're going to be able to impact the world. Nobody wants to talk to me at 7 a.m. because I'm not at my highest level yet. I need to prime myself up. I need to get warmed up for the day. Then when you talk to me post that, you know, I, I can deliver the best version of myself and it's the same thing for you. But the mama mentality, one of the biggest Kobe Bryant fans I know, 
easily without a doubt. Um, you know, being in office and um, hearing the news that he had passed and seeing uh, how much it impacted you was um, it really, sh- I, I mean, I, I knew you were a Kobe fan, but I mean, you literally wore his Jersey that week. There was like a social post you had put up of just like literally pouring your heart on how much he had impacted you. Um, how, how do you carry that Mamba mentality with you for the rest of your life? Yeah, I think it's just like ingrained in me. I, I, it, it's kind of weird to look back because I actually didn't know how much he had impacted my life. Mm. Um, it's just imagine like from when you're, I mean, I think a lot of people have different things that inspire them like throughout their lives. And sometimes it's like, for me, it was almost like it's as close to like a religious thing as I could like explain. Like that's the closest thing. Cause I was five years old and I had pictures of him on my wall and I was like reading about his work ethic and like my dad and I were going to games. And then like I saw him grow and go through hard times and fight back from that. And you know, personal hard times, then win championships and they get really bad and then figure out how to come back, tear your Achilles and come back. It's so much more than basketball. Like when I tell people about it, who don't know anything about basketball, like it's truly a way of living. Like it's a mindset. It's so much bigger than it's almost like, you know, when I read some of his stuff, like he always wanted to just be this, like, you know, go down in history, this legacy. Like it's almost like he will go down now even more because of, because of how he passed away as like this, this almost like larger than life figure, you know? And so, yeah, the mama mentality, um, is it's, it's just a discipline, um, to being your best and being better every day and inspiring others to be their best. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it lives on in me in everything I do, frankly, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I can, uh, you're definitely an example of what I think Kobe wanted his met hit that mama mentality to be infused in other people, which is that relentless ability to continuously show up. And I, I was, when Brelly was here a couple of weeks ago for a podcast, I was telling him on the, on the podcast, like I didn't, fully appreciate and respect him enough until after his career, you know, growing up in Boston. Kobe. Being a, yeah, yeah. Being a Celtics fan, of course he comes into town. I was actually at Kobe's last game in the garden. Wow. So that was unbelievable. But, um, you know, growing up and seeing him from and being a Boston fan, like respected him and, and whatnot, but it wasn't until after his career, but I was like, wow. And seeing him on interviews, like I get it now. Like I, I saw the end product of his like being an incredibly talented player, mm-hmm. but I didn't realize like the skills and the and the determination, the mindset of what it really took to get to level. Because I was just seeing the end product. How about, I wasn't seeing the behind the scenes of what it was taking. I mean, how about the for me the most inspiring thing was how most athletes, 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 athletes like have have this you know whacked out and tired. He, he literally took his mindset. He was like, I'm going to be the best dad I can possibly be. Yeah, and he was like going to all of his daughter's games, like coaching them, like not, not like going through the motions, like intense, (laughs) like the guy, the guy truly embodied this, you know, this mindset of like being the best at whatever you're doing. It's not, it's not about basketball. It's about your craft. And it's about, it's about being, you know, wanting to, you know, become an expert at that. Yeah. Right. And so like, I think that was probably what hit me the hardest when, when he passed away was I was really excited to see what he was going to do in the next phase of his life as a dad, as this girl dad that he always called himself. Like that was like so cool. Like he was so like, I really believe that Gianna was going to be like this larger than life, female basketball figure 
that was, and so that was so sad to me. Like he had, they, they, they like had this incredible bond and, you know, and they were going to a game. Like the whole thing was just crazy. But I think that is truly what was more inspiring to me. People were like, oh, you love him as a Laker. Actually, it was like his mindset after he retired that he put towards whether it was business Right. He was like, he was like starting, you know, he was like an entrepreneur. He was he doing had all his own studio, creative stuff. Yeah. My dad was designing their studio, like wow. all this creative stuff. Like he just wanted to be the best at whatever he did. And I think that's what's like, no, he was like, no complaining, no excuses. He had none of that with anybody. And I love that. Cause I, I, I hate that. There's just like, what's next? How do we deal with it? Let's go win. Yeah. Right. And that was, uh, you know, I, I, it's cool that you see that hopefully and, and you know, how we ran the business and everything like that. Cause I, I definitely took a lot from that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have this envelope right here. Oh boy. I'm going to pass it to you and I want you to tell us the story behind what is in this envelope. I have no idea what you're <laughs> handing me right now. Oh boy. That's the best part. So what do we got going on here? Where did you get this? Wait, I got to read this really quick. I don't even know what it yeah, is. Take your time. Read it. Loyola Marymount. I'm so confused. I, I honestly am like, I'm, I'm trying to remember what this is. So this is in 2006, it looks like. Yeah. And 2006, and I, where did you get this? Did my mom give this to you? So, so give me the background here. Yeah, so when we were putting together the founder video January of last, in January of 2020, your mom had dropped off photo albums and things for us to go through. And in there, there was a card and it had this and... Um, I hold on to it for an opportunity when we did another potential opportunity because Damn. I think there's so much of a story. I, this is the thing, and, and you can provide color to if it kind of comes back. But what, what I read there and saw from what was inside this and what it said was so much of who you are. And so it's like people see Brandon Cohen in 2021. Yeah, he got his company acquired. But this, to me, shows the true core of who you are, that at that moment in time while you're in college, I'm assuming this might have been when you were stepping away from golf or maybe things were changing, and then this was given to you from your mom, I was like, this is, this is like a gem. So I've had that in my back pocket since January of last it's year. It's like blowing my mind. I'm like, this is like 2006 or 15 years 15 ago. 15 years later. So it looks like, I, I kind of remember now, so... This is a letter that I wrote to my mom and she had given me a check mm -hmm. to help out with school and to help out with stuff. And like the background of my family without getting too deep is like, uh, you know, I'm not going to get into that. Don't need to. Bottom line is that like this was a lot of money for my mom to give me mm -hmm. at the time. And I realized I was able to make it on my own and I didn't need this. Yeah. And so I wrote her this letter that said, like, thank you so much for, for, for doing this, but I realize I don't need it. I'm in a position that I can take care of this. Don't worry about it. 
love you so much. Thank you for believing in me and backing me. And I gave her the check back. Yeah. And so she held on to the check. It looks like, and then gave it to you with the letter. Yeah. Damn. And, dude. and I don't, and she didn't, she didn't intentionally give that to us. Yeah, I was it like, was, I can't she she, there was a, check. there was a pile of stuff. She, there was a pile of like cards from over the years from you and your sister for her birthday, for holidays. And so, uh, I, I don't even think she realized it was in there. So oh. I was just going through because we were looking for pieces for the actual final product. The video, right? The video. And I came across this and I had only showed Alexis and Sam and Jamie. And I was like, is there any way we can use this in this piece? And it just wasn't the right fit. So I, I felt kind of bad, but I was like, I'm putting this in the top <laughs> desk of my drawer. And when the time's right, this is coming back out. Yeah. I didn't know if you were going to remember it or not, but at the end of the I, day. I, I do like, like, you know, I do now that I'm reading and looking at, like thinking about it. I think it. It's cool. It's for me even. It's cool because it's like little BC. Yeah. Like obviously, I had nothing at yeah. the time, and like, I don't know. I think it boils down to in business too. It's like in anything, like doing the right thing is the right thing to do. Yeah. Like, you know, I've talked to enough people now where I hear about things when they don't go right, and it's like you always have the opportunity to do the right thing. And I think this is this is it. Little bro. BC had it in inside of it's him. It's been I guess, in you, you know? dude. It's been in Maybe you the whole time. Yeah. Quick cues, and then we'll wrap up. Cool. Um, how can people incorporate CTW into their own lives? And you have, I mean, you literally have a TED on your wrist for those that like hear this podcast and don't realize it. Literally the CTW changed the world is tatted on Brandon's left wrist. Yeah. I mean, I think thinking that big isn't necessarily for everybody, frankly, like, but I think if you wanted to like distill it down to the micro level, it's like being the best version of yourself. Mm. Like you can change the world by being the best version of yourself. Totally. You know, when you're the best version of yourself. You're greater to the people around you, whether it's on a personal front, family, business, whatever it is. So um, that's the best way to incorporate it, right? Like how, if you can't change the world on a, necessarily on a macro level, if we all do our part individually to be the best versions of ourselves, we're going to be able to. But I think, you know, I'm, it takes a certain kind of crazy human to tattoo something on their wrist <laughs> <laughs> that says change the world. And like when the business is like nothing. Right. And, but I just knew like, I was just going to keep on going and going and going until I was able to do that. And now I'm in that same place. Like my mom, it's funny with that check. It reminded me, my mom told me this story, like when I was like one years old or something, she was like, this kid is just obsessive. Like he never stops. She handed me like this. Um, it's like a, like a wooden peg thing where you hammer it down into the hole mm. and then you flip it over and you can hammer it down. Back in. And like she said, I would just all day, just hammer, 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 <laughs> boom, flip it over, hammer, hammer, boom. And she's like, Brandon, like you think it's funny, but that little boy, I see him every day. Like you're just, you're not going to stop until yeah. you just hammer flip it, it, over it, flip it. Just keep, flip it. It's kind of like when we got into Costco, yeah. we got it, flip it over, not keep hammering. <laughs> now we need another product. Now we need yeah. the third product. Now we need the fourth product. Yeah, it's funny. That's good. What's uh greatest piece of life Greatest piece of advice you've received and something that you continue to remind yourself of? Oh man, there's, I mean, there's so many, it's hard. Greatest piece of advice. Um, I think my, my dad, like growing up, he always said, um, think for yourself. Mm. And he would like, you know, to give different like examples sometimes, like, and I think everyone's heard this, like if everyone jumps off a bridge, are you going to jump off the bridge? Mm. And obviously the answer is no, but I think as I've gone through some of these times where pretty much like I was the only one going in one direction when everyone was going in a different direction or giving me advice to go in a different direction, I kind of always had my dad's like think for yourself in my head, like I need to do what I think is right. And what's cool is now with some sort of past 
wins under my belt doing that, it gives me more confidence in that. But I look back in like 2015, 16, 17, like I had nothing to base <laughs> this on except I was trusting, you know, I was I was believing in myself. And then probably the other one from him too, now that I'm thinking about it, is like he would always just ingrain in my head like like you can accomplish anything you set your mind to. Mm. And he would have me repeat it. And I was just, it was kind of annoying when I was a little kid, but I really think that mantra is like deep in my soul. Like totally. I really do believe that if I set my mind to it, you know, when I'm ready on this next phase and like, I, I truly can accomplish like the biggest things. Mm. Yeah. Like I really believe that. Oh, that's good. You got to believe yourself before anybody else in this world does. I mean, you know that better than anybody else. One book and one podcast recommendation. Oof. Um, one book I, I love. I love the uh, the Elon Musk book. Oh, uh, I got. I've I've been hearing a, a, about it, but I yeah, haven't read it. It's been around for a while. I think obviously now because you know he's just popping off. Totally. Like, it's just a really cool read, especially because it was. I think it was written maybe in 2013 or 14, and wow. so like they think he's starting to get momentum then, and like then it actually like in 2017, 18, yeah. it actually. So you, you're hearing it like before everything really gets even as big as it is. And for me, it's just, I love hearing these stories of real innovators who they know their mission and on the highest level, and they just are not going to let social norms and, you know, giant, uh, institutions stop them from accomplishing these, these massive things that truly change the world for generations to come. Right. Mm -hmm. Like that's what's happening right now with like electric cars mm -hmm. or space travel or all of these things. Right. So love that book. Oh, podcasts. I haven't, I haven't been too much into it because I've been reading a ton. Cool. I'm going to. Cool. The one recently that uh, Jake uh, Casson sent me, founder of Movement. You know, he's gone through. He went through this two years ago, and so mm. he sent me a Justin Kahn's podcast. It's um, I don't know the name of it, but it's basically about. It's pretty specific, so I don't know if everyone's gonna love it, but it's basically about like founders who have created incredible value with a product and gotten acquired, and like what they're on. You know, how their next phase of their life is going. And, uh, obviously that's just right up my alley. So <laughs> I'm going to get you on the show at this point. Yeah, shit. I know. Yeah, we'll see. We're kicking it off with the beard man podcast, but shit, you'll be on Rogan by the end of the year. We're going to have you on every podcast. <laughs> it should be a fun year <laughs> to tell the story a little bit. Yeah. So I, I like that one. I, unfortunately I don't have like one that's maybe more relevant for other people, but that's what the one I've listened to a few times lately. What's uh what's an area of your life you need to put more effort into? Cause you're, you're going through the process now, but yeah. I feel like you're starting to kind of get, get through the tunnel a little bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think like the word like exploring, like being curious is a really cool. Mm -hmm. And I think the one where I probably need to like let myself explore. And so it was probably like love mm -hmm. like relationship wise. Like I have a ton of love in my life. I think that's why I haven't been in a rush ever. Cause I just have with my family my sister, there's just like so many people around me, my, even the liquid IV team. Like, yeah. I have so much love in my life. I'm just so, so lucky. It's unbelievable. But like at some point, it would be nice to find a lady. Uh, I bet you got some sliding through that IGTM. <laughs> Founder of Liquid IV gets acquired. <laughs> nope. Oh, there's definitely DM sliding in. Nope, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that in the After Dark podcast. What's, um, what's the first step anybody can take to reaching their inner potential? First step? Mm. I mean, you've heard me say this for like just start like just starting stop is the making momentum you need starting is the momentum you need to achieve your wildest dreams. It's true, man. Like there's just, there's so many reasons not to start, whether it's financial or family or your job or your health or whatever it is. But like, 
just get going. Like yeah. obviously planning, you know, you need a plan, you need all these things, but just go, mm-hmm. just start. Like, I think a lot of people like just put things off and procrastinate and they, and, and just get going and, and, um, it'll build from there. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I can think of almost every aspect of my life when I overthought something and then I realized once I got started, everything else just kind of fell into place. And then right. as you continue to do something for it's like, even at the simplest level, it's like when you're trying to get your health, right. You run that first mile. It's like, fuck, this sucks. You know, back in March of last year, I was right when the pandemic hit, I started getting into running and I was like, this sucks. Couldn't even get a mile. Could barely get two. could barely get three. Now I'm about to do the LA marathon in November. Throwing that out there. You should, you should get yourself in and and you got plenty of time. You got all the, the, the people around you to make sure you stay on top of it. But I would challenge you if you, if you're, if you can get in shape for November 7th, LA marathon, but now it's like, but but even, but even then just me saying that aloud and casually just like, yeah, I'm going to do the LA marathon this year. It's so, it's such a switch of the mind of like, I, once you apply that same discipline or like, oh, that's the goal. I'll get there. You just do that across for every every single bucket of your life, whether it's coming into this podcast stuff, whether it's physical health, whether it's stuff that I'm doing for look what I feel. I mean, it's literally just translatable to anything else that you do in your life. And uh I love the physical challenges. I think it's uh it's a good way to push yourself and get outside the comfort zone. But you ran one mile to start and now you're that, going to marathon. That's it. That that's you just started. That's the key. Just started. Um but as we wrap up, I always allow the guests to put a challenge out there to the listeners. If they made it this far in the podcast, they listened to this entire podcast, what's one challenge you have for the listener that's listening today? What, what do you mean by challenge? Like to, to- Some people have said, like, um, after this podcast, write down 30 goals of yours that you've never imagined. Or, hmm. you know, people te- text text somebody that you love and tell them that you Got love it. them. Just something that's actionable after cool. they listen to the podcast. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... I think this whole like, um, uh, you know, people paying attention to their mind and their, their mental health is like a, is like a thing that I'm so, it's so cool that it's, it's not some like woo woo thing anymore. Like every, all the, all of our friends, like a lot of people are really into meditation and things like that. And the thing for me that has just been so valuable. And I, I literally used to think it was stupid and I made fun of it and I told my mom to leave me alone with it. But journaling is just like such a magical thing, man. Like you you just sit down and you don't have to have any structure to it. Some people want structure, some people don't. You can do whatever you want. But just start writing the mm. things that you're feeling. And it's this expression that it gets it out of you and onto this page. Mm. And then you shut the book and you're like, wow, I feel better. I got it out. Like I didn't have to like I didn't project on somebody else. I didn't it's like this incredible expression getting it out and also like self-awareness that you go that you have. And then the coolest thing is after you've done it for a while and you get to go back and read these things where you like know exactly how you are feeling and then you're like, holy shit, I figured that out. Yeah. I did that. So it, it's, it is one of those things you just got to start, but just like literally grab a piece of paper. Like the first time I didn't even have a journal, I literally had one piece of lined paper and I just started writing and I made a little timeline. That was my first journal. I made this timeline of what the next year was going to look like. And then now I get to look back on that is Cinco de Mayo of like three years ago. And I wow. have this incredible, like incredible, you know, this incredible sort of personal work of art that I get to read all the time. And so I would love to chat, you know, I would love for people to, to try doing it. It's been really empowering and, um, it's just been a really good tool for me personally. Therapeutic. Therapeutic. It sometimes when you hear like all the best, 
whether they're leaders or innovators or whatever, people who are great at what they do, the goats of their craft, right? Like they say the same things. You're like, well, why are like, why aren't more of us doing those things? Meditating, journaling, like these are things you hear over and over again. You know what I mean? That's the one thing that I've realized while studying this whole podcast space, which is what I love is that you get to hear and tap into the conversations of these people that operate at the highest level. When you start to listen to enough of them, you start to see the commonalities that they find ways to exercise their mental fitness, meditation, journaling. They prioritize their physical health. They prioritize who is it that they surround themselves with uh, because that ends up being the thoughts that get put into their mind. They are very aware of the books and what they're consuming on social media or creating that space so that they can have time to reflect and think. Uh, they have you know their family around them. It's 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 the same thing across the board. And so then at some point you it just clicks and go. What if I just did the same? What if I just applied all these principles that all these people are doing at the highest level? And then you see the benefits with time. But it can sound like well, journaling. Like how's it gonna help? It's it's not gonna help today. It's not gonna help tomorrow. But as you consistently do that for an extended period of time, you're gonna see the deep work come to life. Um, but you have to trust and you have to you know be willing to start and write pick up the pen and actually start writing to then see some of the benefits um brandon as we wrap up this podcast man i mean ab there's so so much to say one um you know app gratitude is the is the word to summarize it all but literally like the transition of going from driving for uber full-time into this company uh was so crucial and then not only along those those first couple months when we were doing some amazing things, we were going to Miami for the Super Bowl, we were cutting up all this great BTS content, and then the pandemic hits. The amount of people, family and friends of mine that I would speak to and be like, dude, imagine if you were still driving Uber with this pandemic. That was There was all these moments that I knew this was the right decision and joining. Look what I did. I did like a pros and cons list when we were talking. 10 pros, two cons. It was like, no brainer, got to take the job. Um, and so much gratitude in being able to jump into this opportunity. Um, just seeing your growth since 2018 to now and just literally, I think I joked about this to you like three months ago when we had caught up. I was like, I'm just, I in, in the background, I'm just taking notes. Like watching you, I've just taken notes and just understood that you can do massive things in this world. You can be really successful and you can be a great fucking person while doing it. Because I kid you not, whether this is being recorded or this what it wasn't, I would say the same things. Any time your name, especially since I started working with Liquid IV, of course, Liquid IV, they know you, so it gets brought up. Every single time your name has ever gotten broken, brought up in a conversation, it is nothing but good things being said. Absolutely, whether it's, team members on liquid IV, whether it's people that we're mutual friends with, nothing but good things to say about you. It goes back to the CTW mission. It goes back to the way you're a leader. It goes back to clearly the way your parents raised you. Um, And I literally, I think the best way, I couldn't say it anymore that like, I wouldn't, it did not matter to me. And I said this er earlier in the podcast, but it did not matter to me what you were selling when we were in conversations it didn't have to be a hydration product. It literally could have been rocks in the corner. Literally could have been the plants in this room, could have been this microphone. It did not matter. I was so sold on who you were as a founder, as a leader, as an entrepreneur. And this has been such a pivotal 15 plus months in my life. And honestly, just so much appreciation, respect, love, and so excited 
to see this next chapter for you unfold? What, you know, seeing, seeing you step down, does it hurt inside? Because it's like, this is the, this was the leader. Yes, but it's, it's an instant quick change to how excited I am to see what this next chapter is. And I know that this is only the beginning that this, this first chapter is just leading on to the next thing and that this is all going to fuel back to that main driver of changing the world. And, uh, I just have nothing but love for you, man. And I greatly appreciate you. Dude, thank you so much. It really, uh, it means the world to hear that. It really does. And, um, yeah, it's been a crazy journey. And your, your story in and of itself is like such an inspiring story. Like people could, the listeners could really take something from that. You think about like you move across the country, Mm. start, you know, you're running your podcast and driving Uber to pay the bills. Mm. And you start networking and somehow one person leads to another, leads to another, leads to another. And now I'm on the podcast in 2018. And then obviously we stay in touch on social and whatever, but you're running that. And, you know, I think your, your positivity and, um, your own relentlessness shows through, but I think, you know, you start getting probably a little bit worn out on that. Mm -hmm. Right. And then this opportunity comes and I'm like, I just got the perfect guy. And I know that like, this energy, no matter what position in the business it's in, is winning energy, period. <laughs> I don't care what your resume says, I don't care what you did, like I just know you're a winner. Yeah. And and so you think, so then I call you one night out of nowhere and I'm like, or I think I messaged after you. I posted an Instagram story, I'll never forget what? it. I, I posted an Instagram story saying, hold me to it by the start of 2020, I'm done driving Uber, like I'm sick of this, I need to move on. And, and I just the next nested. morning I woke up from a DM from you, Yeah. yo, can you hop on a call sometime today? I was like- Yeah, I said, let's jump on a call. <laughs> My yeah. heart was going crazy. Yeah. I just knew, I was like, this is just crazy that he put that up, because I was already thinking, you were kind of on the short list of like, as the business was growing and you know, specific, really uh, pointed opportunities were coming up where I knew your skill set would just be perfect. Um, and then I saw that and I was like, all right, it's, it's game time. I was like, Vabe, you ready to come do this? And I think, uh, yeah, man. I mean, think about that. Now you're, you know, you're running podcasts for a, you know, biggest hydration brand in the world. I mean, biggest, one of the biggest partners half a billion in the podcast, dollar yeah. business. And you're running, you're running podcasts for it. And on the side, you're still getting to create this awesome content and connect with people. And so, I mean, in it of itself, like you interview all these people, but you are in a huge inspirational story as well. So, um, yeah, man, happy to be on. And, uh, we'll do it again soon. Oh, yeah. We're gonna have, run it back. <laughs> we're gonna have that next. The next. The the fifth podcast is gonna be something special. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this podcast, please, please, please screenshot this episode, post it to your IG story, tag Brandon. He's at Brandon underscore Cohen. That's B R A N D I N underscore C O H E N, and tag me at Bobe. That's B O three B's four A's and a Y. Share it out on your IG story. Tell us what you thought of the podcast, and maybe Brandon will have his dark phone and be able to respond to the DM. (laughs) Brandon, thanks for being on the podcast today, man. Thanks for having me. It was a blast, dude. Thanks for tuning in. It's the Bearded Man Podcast. See ya!